Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you, mate? You all right? End of the year. I don't know where the time's gone, really. I don't That's think... crazy. I don't think next year could be worse. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean... It's hard to get worse than, <laughs> than 2020, let's be honest. Yeah. It's been a pretty shit year. I mean, single highlight of the year for me is probably Cyberpunk. And that's bad. Oh. We'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. That was sarcasm, in case you couldn't tell, but we'll get on to that. We've got a few things planned. A few things planned this episode. we got uh, the SNT Awards, mate. You know, better than the Oscars, better than the BAFTAs. This is all popular opinion. <laughs> so we've got the SNT Awards coming up. Um, I thought as well we could just go through a little summary of how we found podcasting in 2020. How we, we adapted yeah, and, and what our plans are going forward. I just thought we could catch up, mate. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm I'm bidding this as soon as the new year starts, mate. Because, <laughs> nah. I'm yeah, not. it's I mean, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Really. Nah, so I mean, uh, podcasting in 2020. Firstly, we were together trying it out with shitty mics. We then so, transitioned <laughs> to decent mics. So as, as we've started to pick up the uh, the views, well, whilst I pick up the views, I mean, we've now got like five instead of four. But as, as we've started to pick up the views, I've noticed. That, <laughs> A lot of people are still listening to the first episode. When new people come across the podcast, they're obviously clicking on episode one, which is you know, it's a fairly standard thing to do. But I really wish they wouldn't. Yeah, I know. I wish I could reverse <laughs> because the quality the is so bad. Should we just remove them? I don't know. Maybe we should. Yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking we should, mate. <laughs> yeah, maybe just start on like episode three or something four. Oh well. God, well, yeah, because I found as, as soon as we got the new mics, it made such a difference. You mean it was like you could hear it? Exactly. You could actually understand. You could actually understand what was being said. It's kind of a. It wasn't like someone's um, someone's back pocket phone who they've accidentally rung their mate. <laughs> Two but blokes anyway, sat around your kitchen table. And now I haven't even got a table. How times have changed. So Tom, how have you found it, mate? What's your experience been like podcasting this year? It's been pretty good, actually. The more I think about it, I don't think there's a more popular year to record the events of the world yeah. rather than 2020. I mean, this is a time capsule. You know, when you go through to the British History Museum in 20 years, our recordings will be on there from the S&T podcast <laughs> as a record of 2020. Yeah, no, I mean, um, for me, it's been pretty good, to be honest. Um, it's a new venture to be continued, obviously, into the new year as well. And it's only going to get better. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. It's been quite a big year, though, isn't it, as well? I mean, not just for the coronavirus. I'm going to do my very best not to mention coronavirus once more in this episode. What did you say? But it, no. has, <laughs> it has been quite a big year for games. I mean, films, not so much, because obviously cinemas have been closed. But big year for games. Obviously, you've got the new Xbox, new PlayStation, Cyberpunk was finally released, the new Assassin's Creed was released, new Zelda game. There has been... It's been quite a big year for games. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of... Um... A lot of good has come out of it. Um, it's sort of... I want to say it's like highlighted some of the more niche like hobbies. It makes sense. Like People who went into gaming before, when there's nothing to do, they start yeah. buying games consoles. For sure. In. For sure. Yeah. When there's 100%. nothing to do, they go through their lofts and they look at their Pokemon. You know, it's that I was just about to say, you had the Pokemon boom as well. That's kind of stabilising now. That's, uh, prices are coming down a little bit now. Um, and I, I know we go quite heavily into into Pokemon because you know we're, we're, we're a pair of nerds um, I, I love it but I love it oh, mate I love it as well I love it but um, I think part of the reason 
the prices are going down now is there's such an influx, particularly of modern cards. So you've had quite a few sets that got released during the bubble, like Dance of Blaze, Vivid Voltage, you know, quite a few Japanese sets as well. And there's now a massive influx of, uh, there's like thousands of VMAX Charizards that have gone off the PSA. That's starting to come back now. And because there's so many, the price has gone, well, it's almost plummeted. It's still relatively high for what it is. But a VMAX Charizard, you were paying 150, 200 quid for that you know, a few months ago, and now it's like 75, 80 quid. Is there so, a, like um a record somewhere of the set that was printed the least like uh, if you was to be. look back well, what is the rarest well, set I know the Wizards of the Coast the uh, the E-series stuff has got quite a limited print run yeah. stuff like Sky Ridge hence, hence you know that's why it's so sought after not only is it like one of the, well, the last Wizards of the Coast set but it's not a massive print run yeah see I think that uh, this is what I um, this is why I really get put off of modern cards because even though it doesn't really matter that much, the fact that the stuff that we grew up with is more scarce, harder to get, because obviously time's gone on, there's something about that when you get a card in mint condition that's from the past. Yeah, it's, in, it's like a true collector's item. Yeah, I mean, it, something from 2018, I wouldn't really consider to be like, oh my God, you know, even if, even if it is out of print, I'd be like, do you know what, as time's gone on and popularity's like increased... The sets are more readily available, whereas you try and find something like like we've been trying to do, Sam, like hunt for these things in the dark corners of eBay, you know, and Facebook and Instagram. They're hard to get, and they're harder to get in good condition. So when you get something like that from the past, I think there's something about that. I get a kick out of that, in a way. Yeah, no, for sure. It's been a weird year, mate. It's been a weird year. I found as well, like time goes so quick when you're sitting around doing nothing, doesn't it? Yeah, for like, sure. I don't actually. Yeah. Sounds so, so cliche, and everyone says it, but I genuinely, I don't know where the year has gone. Like, I really don't know what's happened to the time. Well, like, even the last two, three days, you know, all, all we've been doing really is playing Soul Calibur and playing <laughs> World War Z on the PS4, PS5, and it's. I'd like to think that people have been given more perspective on what to do in their lives a little bit. I don't know about I, I don't know about you, but if you might have had the same conversation with yourself that I've had, which is. When time is, like, flying past, not because of, like... And it's because you're doing nothing, really. Like, if you're, like, 90% of the country who work from home and all that sort of stuff, it's quite a... You have a lot of time to think, and you think yeah. about stuff you can do to improve your like, position and stuff you should have done, and maybe I'll get that done finally. It's sort of it's changed people's perspective, I think, a little bit, as to what's important yeah. and what's not. This is it. I think, yeah, it's given people a lot of time to reflect... Yeah, yeah. On what's important in their life. And I think you've had a, a lot of new... I'm trying to word it. There's been a, a lot of opportunities. When you're sitting around doing nothing, that's when the ideas start flowing and the, and the juices start flowing. And I think a lot of people have managed to find some good out of this and you know start a business or you know start a course and work on themselves. And that's what it's all about, really. The goals this year, Pokemon goals this year, Tom. We've both completed a few. Um, got, do you want to share any? I've got a few Weedles for the post. I haven't spent that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I haven't spent that much. Definitely not. I meant to be saving for a mortgage deposit so I wouldn't spend all this money on Pokemon, would I? No, I did. Well, you know, you're a responsible adult. You're trying to get on the uh, the ladder. You know, what do you do? Pokemon cards or save towards a mortgage? <laughs> Pokemon cards, obviously. <laughs> Joe, um... Obviously. <laughs> I keep thinking back, so um, 
we sent off our first ever PSA submission um, in July and uh, end of July, fair enough. And we was expecting a back by now. And um, and since then, I know your collection and my collection has gone like through the roof in terms of what we've got now. Um, mm. And I can tell you that because I keep going back to it. I sent off a fossil unlimited muck. I'd never do that because I don't give a shit about muck. But um, that just sort of shows you what I had back then to send to PSA. Um, so, yeah, who knows when we'll get them back. But for the most part, our collections have gone through the roof since then. We've really got into it. Yeah, and uh, that was one of my goals for this year, was to send off my first submission to PSA. And uh done that six months ago. Still haven't got it back, but, you know. I will remind you, you've only got two days to watch The Irishman, by the way. Oh... Yes, is uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. It, it's on the list. But um, it's on the list. I, I got as far as as putting it onto my my official list on Netflix last night. So uh, there's the Irishman again on Netflix. Yeah, I know it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, might be able to break history. You know, no, um, before before the thirty first. So you're doing uh, your collection wise. You've done quite well because obviously we chat a bit. And um, since sending off, since since we got into it properly since July, I suppose. Um, you've completed your fossil collection. You've completed your, I want to say, your jungle collection as well. Yeah, well, I'm still waiting for a card to arrive, but yeah. You've bought a few sealed packs and then sold a few sealed packs. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've started base, you've started rocket, and you've almost done your southern islands. Well, I've got four out of 18 southern islands. Oh. (laughs) I mean, well, southern islands, I'm after... I'm I'm only going for PSA graded, uh, preferably nine, but eight minimum. And I've got Butterfree, Executor, Mew, Sloking. You got Mew, and the the, the Mew's raw. That's the only thing. Ah, that's alright. But I really, really, I really, really fucked up with that because I could have got those some of these cards like the Pidgeot, Onyx, Wartortle. They're all non-hollows, and there's only eighteen cards in the set. So you go back to May, June, these, you know, PSA 8, PSA 9, Southern Island, non-hollows were pretty cheap. They were like 20 quid, $30 a card. And now you can't get one of the non-hollows in PSA 9 for less than 100 quid, so like $120. So like a Pidgeot non-hollow PSA 9, the cheapest I found yesterday was like 130 quid. Jesus. And that, that same card was 20 quid a few months ago. I mean, this is the insane thing. So... um the hobby we've loved for a long time has now sort of got to this point where it is unaffordable, I think, to most people. Um, definitely. And it's definitely. people having to find inventive ways to fund their collection habit. Um, so like you, you've made a step forward in becoming a bit of an eBay reseller, haven't you? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I've always used eBay, but I definitely saw an opportunity um, to kind of step that up a little bit, kind of turn it up a gear with that. Um, so yeah, I think I've been quite active on eBay, and it's quite a you know it's quite a good way to make some extra money on the side, and, you know, and eventually even full time. But it's just the issue is having the stock. Yeah, yeah. And as, as we're both seeing, the stock is drying up. I mean, it's really really hard to get a decent condition like Watsy Hollow. It's, it's not easy. So I was um I was watching a video last night on like rarity versus um popularity. Mm. And uh the guy on it made a good point to say like no matter what the market 
looks like with these cards there will always be like um the price for rare cards won't diminish whereas popularity so for example vivid voltage or um i'm gonna get this wrong <coughs> darkness ablaze yeah, no, yeah that's right. or, like that's charizards right. and stuff where they start off relatively expensive because there's so much demand for them and there's so many charizards out there the price won't stick whereas the for rare cards like your gold stars um like your watsy first editions they will stick at a price point and they won't go down as much and i thought it was a good so interesting that's point. actually 100 percent, and that's actually it's very very true so I'll give you an example so you mentioned darkness of blaze there's a card in that it's a v max charizard yeah when Darkness of Blaze first came out, this card was really expensive. It was like, you know, nearly £200. It was really rare. Yeah. It was like only one in so many, like one in a hundred packs or something <laughs> like that. Really, really hard to get hold of. They were selling like wildfire on eBay. Everyone wanted one. And people are now starting to get their PSA submissions back. And there has been an influx of these VMAX Charizards. The price is like, I'd say it's lost about 30%. 30-35% yeah you know there's such a large quantity of these hollows I think we're going to see a massive influx as well because we've still got loads of PSA cards to come back yeah so the influx of these you know in brackets rare modern cards is going to drive the price right down because like like you said you know it's the Watsy cards the Watsy hollows that are the true rare ones I mean th- there are some exceptions like the Charizard from Champions Path is still quite sought after, but even with that, there's going to be an influx of them coming back. And once you know PSA start to work through their backlog, I think we might see a bit of a change in, in the prices. Yeah, definitely in yeah. in all the modern sets. I think in base set, massively. I think. Um, yeah, I, I was looking yeah. into the print runs. Like I was telling you the other, the other day, I was looking into like the print runs because I wanted to see how scarce or not scarce these cards are. And base set was printed from something like 1990, I want to say 1998, 1999 or something, to 2003. And it was printed mm. that long. Whereas, like, you look at, like, the end of Neo and the beginning of E series, even to the point, even like Fossil and Team Rocket, they're printed, like, nowhere near as much as base set. So, like, all these first, all these, I mean, don't get me wrong, Charizard, the original Charizard is always going to be the original Charizard. But there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of them out there. So there's never going to be like a need to like oh, I've got to buy it now. Maybe this is like going to be hard to find, or because I think for base sets yeah. it's always going to be around. Yeah, so I mean that that's a really good point. I mean, when the Pokemon boom kind of happened, you know, like, like July August, the base set Charizards did go, you know, started to go through the roof a little bit. Yeah. PSA nine base set Charizard that was going at one point for like nearly eight grand. Yeah, and now they've kind of come back down, and they're floating around six, six and a half. Yeah, and it's like that's not even within you know a year that's happened. So I think it's kind of stabilising now. But you're definitely right; there is going to be an influx, and all these people that never had Pokemon cards before that have invested and bought mint cards to grade, you know, that is going to result, you know, like you've said, in a bit of an influx coming in into PSA, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. I'm quite happy where we've got to. Like, I feel like if we looked back on even the last six months as to where we were to where we are now, I think that we can say we've done quite a good job, actually, to be honest. Well, in terms of collecting? Yeah, collecting and, like, um, goals and stuff. Because, like, 
we've only been doing this in anger for a, like I said for about half a year and like um and we've always said it's more of like a marathon this sort of hobby yeah. you know like yeah, y- sure. you're not going to get a whole collection overnight you've got to like pick and choose your, what you like the battles you're you know the cards you're going for and um so i think if you look back in six months we've done quite a good job actually getting even getting some of these cards which are now hard to find yeah what goals did you achieve then did you have any personal goals you wanted to get through? So for me, it was I wanted to finish Jungle and Fossil. Yeah, um, yeah. And I did want to try and finish Rocket, but that's not going to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, it's tough. I mean, like I said, the big one for me was I wanted to send off my first submission. And I done yeah, that. Yeah. And receive it back or? Um, yeah, well, that, was, that, that, that would be great if we could. God. New Year's Eve gift. It'd be easier to get. I mean, you talk about the demand for this stuff. Like, if PSA return times were quicker, I think it'd be a lot easier to sort of make a little bit of a business out of it. But we're having to buy a lot of stuff raw because, like, obviously PSA submissions aren't coming back thick and fast. They're sort of they're staggered. So, like, if you was to like create a business on like PSA returns, you'd be fucking struggling to do that because, like, unless you did like bulk submissions every six months. That's the thing, unless you submitted like five hundred cards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, like I said, when we when we sent this off, I really thought that we would get these back within you know two months max. It's just the way it is. Yeah. So for the following for know. the next year, then, what do you pl- what do you want to achieve? I would like to. I mean, I'd like to grow my eBay store quite a bit. I'd like to grow that a bit more. Um, but I would also, you know, I'd like to get rocket finished, base finished, um, and then maybe make a start on Neo Genesis. But like you said, I think I'm getting priced out of a lot of this. I mean, I don't really want to pay, you know, hundreds, hundreds of pounds for a single raw card. Um, and I think there's a lot of cards, particularly in the Neo series. Fuck it now. Because you've got all the, like, all the shine-ins, then you've got all the big hitters like Typhlosion and Lugia and Umbreon and Espeon, you know. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, you spent a lot. Compared to me, I think you spent a lot of cards. No, I haven't. What you've got to show, <laughs> but what you've got to show for that is, you know, you've got, you've got some truly mint, you know, sets. You've got some full sets that are, that are almost mint, whereas I've definitely, where I've sacrificed a little bit on the cost, I've, uh, some of the cards aren't as aren't as mint as I would like. I, I mean, you know. mine weren't mint, they're a bit sticky now. I've got so much jizzle over them. No, uh, <laughs> no. How about you then? What's, what's some of your goals? So, uh, <laughs> Pokemon goals, obviously. I, I want to, uh, yeah, forget life goals. Um, no, I... Uh, I've I've never I've never been a fan of jungle and fossil sets, right? Mm. Um I've had this like connection with Jim Heroes Gym Challenge, um and the Neo series more so than the first four series. Like base set obviously I have a connection with that one. But um I must have I've always been a fan of like the gym series. And uh I would like to say that I'm not too far off of finishing those those off, um, but to have a full set of Neo from Genesis to Destiny, like all four sets complete, Whoa. that's a. And I'm, do you know what? I'm not just saying it. I'm. 
So for Genesis, Discovery and Revelations, I need six cards in total across all three sets. Um, but Destiny is like a different kettle of fish because like it's rarer and they went to town on shining cards. And um, even though there's like two in Revelations, the Gyarados and Magic Carp, um, I really want that fucking magic off. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like, but trying to get. I mean, I'm not buying PSA cards. I'm buying raw cards. So trying yeah. to look for like your shining Tyranitar, shining Raichu, your shining Charizard, it's just like. It's it makes me really consider whether I should just do Destiny or not at all. But I'm half there, halfway there already with the commons and uncommons. So. All right. So if if you had to pick three cards for the for next year, now three cards that you want to, you know, we can look back on this in a year's time and say, did you manage to, to source those cards? What what would those three cards be? So it would be Shining Charizard. Shining Charizard. That's a really nice card. That's so fucking expensive as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Um, it would probably be Blaine's Charizard. Nice. Um, and a third card that I'd like to get. Joe, um, there's a card in Magma versus Aqua and it's a secret rare and it's an Absol and um, <clears throat> there's two cards in Ag- Magma versus Aqua with two secret rares, there's Jirachi and Absol and uh, I think the Absol looks really really nice and um, so yeah maybe after okay. all the Watsi is said and done maybe well, Sandstorm and Magma vs. Aqua are the two sets that I might finish off because just because I've got them from when nice. I was a child. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Ab- there's play. an Absol in that, which looks pretty good. Nice. I think... Actually... Yeah, I mean, the ones... Sorry. No, go on, go on. Scratch that. Um, Lucky Stadium. <laughs> so. I finish off your promos. Yeah. yeah, two. I need fucking two. What do you need again? So you need Birthday Pikachu and Lucky Stadium. No, I've got birthday now. I, I, I need to do oh, it. Did you get that quiet? Yeah. When did you get that? Yeah. Um, the other day. <clears throat> still still waiting for it to arrive, though. Um, I need Pokemon Centre and, and Lucky Stadium, and they're like... And Lucky Stadium. Yeah. It's like looking for gold, you know, in the dirt, in the winter. It's not going to happen, is it? You're not going to find anything. Fuck that. You'll get them one day, mate. You'll get them one day. On my deathbed. Yeah. I mean, my gold cards are a lot, a lot cheaper than that. Go with yours then. Go for yours. Well, I think there's a lot, but if I was to just pick a few, so if I if, if I pick three or four for next year, so the first one is a, it's not even that expensive. I mean, it is, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not. Is a Venusaur base set Venusaur, but in good condition, because I've never had a Venusaur. I've always had Blastoise and Charizard. So base set Venusaur. Okay, it's doable. Yeah, it's definitely doable. Shining Magikarp. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard yeah, card, man. That's that's one that yeah, starts to get a little bit silly. Uh, not insane, but it's, it's very expensive. And then the third one I really want is the Neogenesis Lugia. Mm. <laughs> um, but there's so many. So I've said after Jungle, uh, after finishing Jungle and base, I want to start uh, Rocket. And I need the Dark Charizard, Dark Blastoise Hollows. Dark Charizard's yeah, an expensive not, card. They're not cheap. Yeah, they're not cheap. But if I, speak, if I had to narrow it down to three or four, I'd say, yeah, Dark Charizard Hollow. Um, 
base set Venusaur, Shining Magikarp, and then the uh, the Neo Genesis Lugia. Fucking hell. But we shall see. We'll come back in a year's time and we'll see if, you know, I actually managed to get those cards. It's something to strive for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a goal. It's a goal. That that's the I mean, that's yeah. the brutal side of this. Is that um kids will never get these cards. Let's be realistic, because obviously like they don't have an income. And so like uh this is only for the adults, you know. I can't well I don't know. I don't try and get it. I'm saying it's like gonna be hard. <laughs> no, no, no. It's true. It's like I know. I know what you're saying. It's a lot of kids that you know might see these cards and they think, oh, they're really, really cool. Like that old school, really cool. But they might not obviously be able to afford them. I mean, we can't afford them. <laughs> to be honest, there's loads we can't afford. It's only the serious collectors that can really afford some of this stuff, and it is quite. It's a bit disheartening, you know. But but that comes with anything in life. When you think about it, like classic cars, some cars are like fucking millions of pounds. There's even vintage, like, first print books. Like, the first run of Harry Potter books goes for like tens of thousands. Like, the Bible. You get this in anything. <laughs> but anything that's collectible, you get this. And it's. That's the, that's the thing with Pokemon now getting into the mainstream is. You know, some people get priced out. And there are, there are some cards that we're never going to own. It just is what it is. So I was trying to bid on a um, a Neo Destiny uh, execute. So the, you know the the eggs, right? First edition Neo Destiny common. All right. I was going to say, why do you want that? Um, I guess how much you went Just for? For the set. First edition min execute. Well, you, you know, first edition I wouldn't think any more than the tenner. Yeah, went fifty nine quid. Fifty nine quid. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Mitch. I know you're listening. That's like 120 Australian dollars. <laughs> yeah, first edition Neo, De- Neo Destiny. So uh, execute and a seal went for 56, I think, or 59. I was um, for a seal. Yeah, I, I I I started watching it and thought, oh, maybe three four quid there. I'm like, yeah, get one of them. Yeah, 59 quid they went for. So someone is really eager <laughs> for Neo Destiny first editions. You've got you've got a competitor. <clears throat> Well, this is it. Like um, the prices that I put down, I think are extreme. Sometimes I think, nah, I shouldn't put down this much money for a shitty card, and you know, just because I want to win it, you know, but I do, and um, and I don't win ever. <laughs> like, like I used to win a lot. I don't win at all now. Like I have to be like a dark horse. I have to be one of these slimy people. Like two seconds left, bang! Like one of these people. Well, I think that could have gone for even more. That's the crazy thing, and that fucking seal fifty six quid execute. Is that fifty one quid for the execute? It's mental. It's mental. It's so expensive. Like this hobby. I got an I got a non hollow dark um, dark Charizard non hollow for fifty quid. The execute first edition went for more than that. Like, I just. It's not the same game anymore. I hope, I hope it was absolutely spotless. Well, for his sake, right? Jesus, mm. man. Here's to next year. Yeah. So, talking of uh, next year, this has been an interesting year for games and films, hasn't it? Oh, it's been. Let's talk a little bit about about this year as well. It's been flourishing it's been, uh, with new new content. It's been a weird one. It's been a weird one for sure. A lot of films have released, mostly straight to straight to Netflix. Yeah, just. So, Tom and I have come up with some awards. 
some custom awards for 2020 um, for films and games. Um, and we wanted to share them with you. So, Tom, how many awards have you got, mate? I've got four serious ones and two jokey ones. But when I say jokey ones, I do really mean it. But I'm just trying to do a little stab at them. So. Um, okay, that, that kind of works. I mean, I've got six awards as well, actually. I've got, I think I've got four film awards and two games awards. Shall I go through mine? You go through yours after? Go through. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if we do the films first. All right. So, for me, 2020 has been a shit show. We all know that. So, um, <laughs> I've done the award for best, best picture, in my opinion. Uh, the award for best picture. Yeah. Okay. Um, ironically, they're all 2019 films because they're shit. So, um, <laughs> The Irishman, which quality Netflix, Netflix film, came out on December 12th. So, we can say when it began in January. 1917, great World War I film. Came out in January, February time. 1917 was brilliant. I absolutely loved that. And uh, the dark horse of all of this, which I watched two days ago, um, is called The King on Netflix. And yeah. my God, that takes the, the award for me. The King on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, go watch it, right? I tell you now, one of the best films you will see. It is quality. Absolutely. Without spoiling it, then what's it? What's it about? Give us a gist. It's about kings. No. Um, about kings. All right. Next. No. Uh, I won't spoil it because it is like it, for me to explain it, it would sound crap. But uh, basically, it's broken England, um, new king on the throne, war with France. It's, it's good. It's good. What's it called again? Uh, the King. That's on Netflix. On Netflix, yeah, yeah. And that wins your your best picture. No, your, your dark horse. So. That is, yeah, it is the best picture award. Um, runners up, Irishman, nineteen seventeen. But the king takes it for me. Wow, quite a bold statement. It is for a for a Netflix movie. I've got the the worst film. Yeah, go for it, Tom. So let's hear all, let's hear all, all your film awards. So the worst film of twenty twenty didn't come out in twenty twenty. Came out next year. It's Black Widow, so I've I've written it down because I know it's going to be shit. Um, <laughs> it's a 2021 film. It wins the 2020 award for worst picture, in my opinion. Um, and then the reviews for Wonder Woman 1984 are coming out, and they look really bad as well. So two films there, two female leads. Nothing against them, um, but yeah, they get the worst film. Yeah, it's 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 tricky with that. I mean. I don't particularly care for the DC films. I mean, let's be honest. They've not been amazing. They ain't been bad. I mean, Man of Steel was probably the best one, I think. But yeah. I didn't really like Wonder Woman a lot. And I'm not going to rush to see Wonder Woman 84. And Black Widow. I mean, Marvel has smashed it, you know, with the whole Marvel Universe films. They've absolutely killed it. But I'm just hoping this isn't something they're going to milk for years and years to come. I really hope it's not. Joey and Black Widow's a character that I'm not really interested in. It's, she's always been a, a, you know, a part of the background. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a reason they teamed up Falcon with the Winter Soldier because, like, he can't—he's not strong enough to hold his own movie. There's a reason that Black Widow took—I don't know what is it—twenty years, or whatever the fuck they say—like for for a film to come out about her because 
she's not a strong enough character. <clears throat> Nothing mm. to do with female characters. There are some really, no, really no. cool female characters. Scarlet Witch, like all that. Scarlet Witch is really cool, yeah. And she's, uh, what is she, Magneto's sister? Daughter, Mag- Magneto's daughter, I think. Something like that. I mean, Wanda. But, um, Wanda. But she's really cool, and she needs none of this, like, for... I just feel like it's a bit forced, but um, it just looks like one of those generic Russian accent films. They've they've hooked in the bloke well, from Stranger Things in there because he's slightly popular in that. I just thought, like, this is just going to be one of those generic combat films. Well, this is it. This is it. I mean, I never really liked Black Widow because she's just an assassin. And to be honest, I never really liked Hawkeye because he's just a, you know, he's just a Robin Hood with a different cape. <laughs> They're quite, they're quite minor characters. I feel they're not really superheroes. They're not even heroes. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people absolutely love, absolutely love Black Widow and Hawkeye, but I mean, not for me. And message you, I'd like to speak to you. Things. Yeah, <laughs> get in touch. Uh, fair enough, mate. All right, so that's your films, yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So my first film award is the film that made me want to immediately go on a diet. And that is unhinged. Um, <laughs> great film, but after seeing the state that Russell Crowe has got himself into, um, <laughs> made me stare in the mirror, take a good old look at myself, uh, grab the tire ring around my waist, and realise that I need to go on a diet. So, Jesus! Thanks for that, Russell Crowe. From Gladiator uh, to that, he's lost yeah, it a little bit. This is it. Fall from grace. No, the film was actually really good. To be fair, he's literally. Um, it's an hour and a half long road rage, basically. Some woman <laughs> cuts him up, and he wants to kill her for it. And it's literally that is the film. But it's good. It's you know, it's that's, it's funny. That's dr- it's easy to watch. That's driving in England every day. Like, yeah, that's true. Fucking. I actually got into a bit of road rage with a cyclist. <laughs> yeah, literally, like uh, come to England for a day, you get pissed off pretty easily with the driving standards around here. Yeah, pretty poor. Him and uh, him and Brendan Fraser to start Weight Watchers again. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch that series. Russell Crowe and Brendan Fraser. No, Gladiator and the Mummy. They can have the Mummy off because they've both done one. Jesus. That's my first award. Second award is the film that made me think twice every time a light bulb flashes. And that is Parasite. Um, yeah, I absolutely, Morse absolutely code. adored this film. Yeah, <laughs> no, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Every single, every single part of the film, I thought was amazing. Story, I thought was brilliant. I thought, you know, it was beautifully shot. I thought we had horror, it had romance, it had comedy, it had everything. It just, yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's not the best film I've ever seen, but I thought it was really, really good, and definitely, you know, one of the standout films for the year for me. Um, also, one of the rare cases where it lives up to the hype, if you know what I mean. Because so many films and games particularly get really, really hyped up and they just don't deliver. But this absolutely smashed it for me. It was definitely different. Yeah. I've never seen a film like that. This is, this is I think what, that's one of the reasons that I love it the most, is that it's just so different. If you try to explain to someone what it's about, it's not just one thing going on. There's so many things. And I love the way it switches like halfway through the film and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? But at the same time, it's keeping you entertained. Like, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. My second award. The third award is... Even though we're in 2020, 
we, we still have really shit CGI award. <laughs> and that was for Sonic the Movie. Uh. Um, <laughs> because you look at some CGI films from the early 2000s, like Lord of the Rings, even, you know, Transformers. Brilliant. And, yeah, and the CGI, I mean, Transformers, they're not exactly good films, but they look amazing. CGI is incredible. And Lord of the Rings, CGI is you know, some of the best I've seen. And Lord of the Rings films are, like, nearly 20 years old. Sonic, like, <laughs> it was just so shit. Like, honestly, every single part of that film. Why Jim Carrey put his name to that, I have no idea. I mean, Jesus. he cares what I think, but... Well, he's lost it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's lost it. And it was just terrible. It was just really bad. I knew it was going to be, so I don't, I don't even know why I watched it. But, you know. Moving on. My final film award is... The best film that I've never watched. <laughs> and that's The Irishman. <laughs> <sighs> so I've said to myself, I said to Tom, yeah, I've got until the end of 2020 to watch it. Um, if I start now, I should finish it in time. For next year. Um, yeah. No, I'm definitely going to, I'm going to definitely try and watch that before. No, I, I am going to watch that before 2020 is over. Um, it's got, you know, some of my favourite actors, some of the best actors in the world, people might say, Joe Pesci, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. I still haven't watched it. I don't know why, because, you know, Casino. I don't know why. He, Goodfellas. I love all these films. I, I love these films. And they're all in it. You used to um, go at me all the time about watching gangster films and all this stuff and watch... Because yeah, that's the thing. That's so good. I just, I, I honestly just think it's the time. I just think it's the time. It's put me off and I've become really lazy in my older age. Look, if you haven't got eight and a half hours not, to not spare, lazy. I don't know who you are. Right? <laughs> not lazy. I say I've become lazy. I have not become lazy. I've just become more careful about where I put my time because the older you get, you realise that time is limited. <laughs> but... I mean, more time on the Irishman is less time on eBay searching for Pokemon, so... This is true. This is true. But I'm definitely going to watch that before 2020 is up. 100%. Okay. Game Awards, mate. Let's hear your Game Awards. Ooh, okay. So I've got two Best Game of the Awards. Um, best Game of the Awards? Best <laughs> Game of the Year Awards. Best Game of the Awards. Um, and I'm pretty sure one of them is going to be on yours as well. Um, the first one is The Last of Us 2. No surprise mm-hmm. there, really. Like... It felt like I was watching a movie, like for I must have played that game and completed it like three or four times now. Like honestly, like it doesn't get boring to me. The reactions like to people and I, I just think to be honest, it just felt really like realistic. So for me, it, it gets you know one of the game of the year for me. Um, the second one, which was my first ever entry into the series, um, heard a lot about it growing up. It was extremely famous, probably the most famous game on the PlayStation One, um, and that's Final Fantasy VII. And um, and to be honest with you, I've never been so absorbed into a story like this. And um, it's just the beginning. There's going to be two other parts to it, one in 2022, one in 2024. So yeah, Final Fantasy VII, best game of the year for me. Nice mate, nice. Um, okay. For worst game let's of the year. Let's hear your bad ones. Yeah. yeah, so I've got the award for Quit While You're Ahead um, is the Assassin's Creed <laughs> series of Valhalla in Quit particular. While you're ahead. Um, because it's not Assassin's Creed anymore. It's not even Vikings. It's got Valhalla in the title. I don't know what they're playing at. I've put like 138 hours into this game and it still boggles my mind that this game even got through, to be honest. Like, 
the amount of game breaking bugs in this game, and it's just boring. It, Ubisoft, sort it out. I mean, um, fucking hell. But it's, it is just terrible. Like, there's only so many chests that I can loot <laughs> that before I start losing my marbles, you know. So, yeah, don't even call it Assassin's Creed. Just change it to something else. Do what you did with Ghost of Tsushima and just remake an IP, and it was much better. So, yeah, so quit while you're ahead. They get the award for that. Um, <laughs> and my second award and last award for worst game is the clearly has the virus award and that's cyberpunk because for them to release a game like that for it to remove from the microsoft store the playstation store for sony to then openly offer refunds to anyone who ever purchased the game and then for them to forget that even exists it just it fucking boggles my mind so cyberpunk 2077 the most overrated overhyped bullshit game of the year and for every year since 2013 cyberpunk Clearly, it's the virus award. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Fair enough. <laughs> Can agree more, mate. Really? Can agree more? Yeah. With all of them. With with, with all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So. so, my first award, mate, is the game that is shorter than a feature-length movie. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Do you know what? That game is brilliant. Plays phenomenally. Let me try that again. Plays phenomenally. Looks incredible. Like it really did showcase like, graphics-wise what the PS5 can do. Like, it looks insane. Um, and like I said to you before, I could happily just swing through New York as Spider-Man. You know, for hours on end. Like it's so good. But it's just so fucking short. Like it took me five hours. And when you're paying full price for a, a brand new game. Mm. Like over 50 quid mm. you want longer than 4 or 5 hours worth of gameplay and it's you know I really explored a lot as well and oh, just 5 hours is not enough like they should at least reflect that in the price or at least you know offer some DLC or something or... so um, so if you paid for the gold edition of that game 70 quid um, you're essentially paying £17.50 an hour so well done for that 4 hours gameplay there <laughs> £17.50 an hour there's a contract as well. I mean, it's like it. That's the thing. I don't want to slug it because it is. It's a really good game. It is a really good game. It's just not long enough. Um, but what can you do? What can you do? That's my first award. My second award is the game that made me instantly regret not waiting half a year to buy it, which is Cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, all the reviews I saw day before it came out basically said they all said the same thing, which was. Yeah, it looks like it's got a lot of potential, but don't buy it. <laughs> Wait until they've done all the patches. Just to keep it. You know, buy it. Yeah, buy it when it's a complete game. You know, buy it when it's actually finished. <laughs> but I didn't. You know, I'm like a child, very impatient. Don't like waiting around. Uh, ran out to buy it on the day of release. And, you know, I, I so I literally had a bug on the character creation screen. Um, I had another bug where I got trapped inside a building. I had another bug where I got stuck in a doorway. I got trapped in a mission that looped con- continuously. I had a, another bug where I couldn't actually get out of a car as well. The car door wouldn't open. So it's like, there's so many bugs. And I'm playing on a PS5. It's ten times worse than a PS4. Fucking hell. I know they, they have released, I think it was patch 1.6. I've probably got that wrong, but they released a patch that came out, I think, 
last week, the end of last week. And apparently that has fixed a lot of stuff. But I think they've done a lot of kind of irreversible damage. I mean, reputation is hard to get back. When you've got... Yeah. I mean, Bethesda is um, still suffering from Fallout 76 and that complete mm. railroad of that. You know, like... Um, games are hard to bring back. When you've got a company that just funnels out crap all the time. You know, CD Projekt Red came from The Witcher 3 absolutely amazing game right to this where they just blatantly lied to people to say it was ready and like you said on the reviews they only showed their their part of like what they wanted to show basically they didn't let other people explore the game they didn't tell people that it wasn't ready they just basically stole from you they stole your money just to get sales and pre-orders that's what happened but yeah this is it. I mean, the thing is, as well, they must have been, I'm not defending them at all, but they must have been under, you know, an immense amount of pressure. You know, it's one of the most anticipated games, I mean, you could argue, ever. You know, one of the biggest anticipated games of the year, without a doubt, possibly, you know, of all time, in terms of what they promised. So they must have been getting so much pressure from the board. But what you need to do is you need to manage expectations. You know, you say, Sorry, we've delayed it twice this year already. We're going to have to delay it again because it's just not ready and we'd rather give you a full product. That would have been better than delivering a game that, that isn't finished, that you know isn't finished. It's like you know, selling someone a car that's, that doesn't work and then not expecting them to come back and complain. Like, of course they're going to because the fucking car doesn't work. You give me a game where, you know, I'm playing on a state-of-the-art console and I can't even get past the character creation screen. Like, it's not good enough. And this is the thing. And they like, knew um, that these issues were there. They knew these issues were there. I mean, they've handled it well. I'll give them credit. You know, they've, they're doing these refunds and it's been pulled from the stores. And they, they've done some pretty quick patches. But it's not good enough. It shouldn't have been released like this in the first place. Damage has been done. You know, it's, I think it's going to be hard for them to get back from this. It's already got the sort of reputation of being shit. And being buggy, and every single reviewer on YouTube. Do you know what makes me laugh? Okay, this is how this is a genuine problem. The, the the reviewers of this game are not independents, but companies like IGN, for example, who gave this game a ten out of ten when it first came out. Mm. It just shows you how bullshit and corrupt these things are. When a, when a game company is scared to review a game badly, okay, that's when you know something's up. They were afraid to report it back as bad. So they gave it a 10 out of 10, this game, IGN. And then you see all the videos that follow <laughs> is just a constant backtracking, you know, oh, it's 10 out of 10, but there is a few, thi- a few things. Honestly, for me, this just shows you the state where if it's a problem to report that a game is bad and you're getting banned on YouTube or Twitch or whatever the fuck it is, yeah, there's, that a, was happening. there's a that problem, was happening. right? It's the same yeah. thing with Star Wars. When they started saying that Star Wars was bad, right, people started banning people on YouTube and Disney got involved and they do not allow you to say your own opinion, right? This is why it's so critical to when, that when something is bad like this that you speak up. Like, I'm not one of these people that goes onto YouTube and comments and stuff, but I've definitely made a habit of it when something is wrong to explain it. I said to, to you about the other day about Assassin's Creed, this game-breaking bug. Mm. I never in my life have complained about anything, really. I just get on with it, right? But I went to the Ubisoft like online board 
written a complaint and it's got, it's got 56 comments my thing now saying when will they ever sort this game out it's like yeah fucking Has yeah. It? 56 people have said they got the same bug now those 56 people may not have even complained like me but I'm definitely making a habit of it now like if there's anything that will strive me to go online it'll just be to make sure that people and companies don't force feed you like their narrative of what they believe is happening not everything is good yeah no it's not it's not Completely Sorry agreed. about that, Randall. Completely agreed, to be honest. No, 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 it's true. Like, you have to... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I tend to go by what the community is saying as opposed to, like, the official r- reviews. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel sorry for... So, I feel sorry for these content creators because they probably... They, I mean, they use Twitch. They use YouTube as their platform to send messages out there, right? Good or bad. Honest opinions and stuff like that. But when these companies are banning you from thinking in a certain way, saying certain things, you know, which are completely normal to say, right? Something is wrong. So you just need to continue to be honest, fight through the fire, fight through, the, you know, the threat of, you know, being banned or getting your videos cancelled because the honest statement there is what everyone else is feeling. So keep doing what you're doing. That's what I'd say. Yeah, no, I completely agree, mate. My last award um, is the, the game that took me on an emotional roller coaster. And that is The yeah, Last of Us 2. You've already said it. It was just, you know, every single part about this game was uh, was fantastic. And I don't recall ever playing a game where the combat system is as good as that as that was. You know, I, do you know how satisfying it was getting in a shootout? And they were hard as well. They weren't easy. Like, I had to restart a lot of parts. And I just thought everything was brilliant. The story... The combat is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. Um, and I've never played a game that's made me feel so conflicted as well. Well, yeah, I mean, you got me into it. You got me into the first and second one. Yeah. I mean, how rare is it that a game is better than the... That, you know, a sequel is better than the first? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, there's only a few exceptions I can think of. Resident Evil 2, Terminator 2. But it's not a very long list. It's not a very long list. Can I say, when I say Resident Evil 2, I mean the game, not not the film. <laughs> yeah, Nemesis. Because <laughs> the film's shit, but yeah. No, it's, uh, it's just an incredible game. And uh, yeah, it m- made me feel so... I was in like a battle with myself. Because like, at the beginning of the game, you really fucking hate Abby. And then I, you start playing as her. I really didn't want to play as her. And you grow to really care about her as a character. And... I just wanted them to stop fighting. I was like, just guys, just stop. But, you know, the story couldn't progress if that happened. So, I was, you know, I was quite distressed playing some parts of this game. It's, it sounds silly, but, you know, I just, I just loved it. I just think it's, you know, it's a masterpiece. And it just showed me how much better games are at storytelling than films. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love films. I absolutely love films. But I think games can do things that films can't quite... They, you know, they can't quite achieve. I tend to think that the same thing applies to like um, series on TV as well. Like, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you think like a film has to fit in two and a half hours, right, and it's quite <clears throat> quick car, and it's like not in all cases. I mean, it depends what the film it is, but I mean, um, a ten-part series gets into those like nitty-gritty details which people like to know about. And same, well, you really start to connect with the characters, don't you? Yeah, and it's the same with a game. Like, um, you can have those moments of like, okay, like feeling a bit down, then feel really good, and then you're getting into like some 
it cha- chops and changes all the time and you've got that time to like adjust like um and I'm like you like the last of us too it shocked me how how good I thought it was to be honest like um even like parts where she was playing the guitar I just thought this is really good yeah. do you know what I mean they've gone into like yeah. the nth degree here um it got to me at the end when she was trying to play it you know for the final time and she obviously got no fingers left and um <laughs> It just like it just left me empty. I was like, "Fuck it now." But this is it. I think the game literally. I was. I didn't know how to feel. I was. Just, I was just thinking, you know, is this it, man? Like, what next? Yeah, I was just like, better get the sharpener out. Like, Jesus, like it just felt like that, didn't it? But it was amazing, and that that probably takes my you know overall game of the year as well. Yeah, yeah. So those are the awards, the SNT yeah. awards. Better than the Oscars. <laughs> More diverse. Some of our listeners, we put the uh, put the feelers out there, and we wanted to know what some of their games of the year were. So Professor Galar says his favourite game was The Witcher Three. Yeah, after the series came I've out, I've not played popular game. You have, haven't you? Yes, yeah, quality man, hundred percent. Like, I mean, um, after the series came out on Netflix, the game like sales like shot through the roof. Mm. And this is like a game which had its third, fourth, and fifth wind because it's really, really good and. If any company needs a standard of what an RPG should be like, it's that game. The Witcher How 3, long is it? It can be as long as you want. It's open world. That's what she said. No, honestly, like it's a really, really good game. In fact, it's one of the most underrated games I've ever played. It's such a good RPG. Is it a silly question, but you know, compare everything to it. Is it similar to Skyrim? No, very different. In a good way. Yeah, definitely on the list. Definitely on the list. So that was Professor Galar. Um, Jojo Pokemon she said that her favourite game game of the year was a game called Among Us oh yeah have you played that Tom no okay it's good I played it on mobile and uh, basically it's like a really quick multiplayer game we should play it actually it's quite a laugh Um, you'll get there'll be a a group of you I think it's four minimum you'll go into like a spaceship and one of you will randomly get uh, an objective and you have to kill all the other people without them finding out. So there'll be basically like a round of voting and you have to vote for who you think the killer is. But if you get someone on their own, you can kill them and then run away and join the other group again. But everyone will find out someone's being killed. It's quite good. It's a bit cartoony, but it's like a really fun little quick game. Um, I think it's on mobile and it's on Steam. It might actually be on consoles as well, you know. But that's that's a pretty fun game. Worth checking out. Thanks, Jojo. Pokejibble, our good friend Pokejibble. He says that his favourite game, game of the year, is Warzone. God yeah, Warzone. that gets a massive shout, because that's the first Call of Duty I've played in a long time that I actually enjoyed. Well, this is it, this is it. And it's. I think Warzone brought a lot of people together this year as well. Yeah, it did. I mean, we had quite a few big sessions, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and it's only because I ran out of space I had to remove it. <laughs> yeah, that's the downside for me. It was just the sheer size of it, like 120 gig. So thanks for that, Jebel. Um... Clan of Corvinus, guy we've been chatting to recently, he says uh, without question his game of the year is Last of Us Two. Yeah, good show. Um, I mean, I don't really need to say anything else on that. Couldn't agree more. You know, absolutely incredible game. Brown, brown breaking, ground bluer. Brown breaking, ground up breaking. Speak English, Sam. Aqua Series Twenty Five says he's been playing a lot of Pokemon Silver. He says that's his game of the year. It's the game of every year, isn't it? <laughs> Pokemon Silver, yeah, good shout. 
Mitchell Purden says his game of the year was Animal Crossing on the Switch. Yeah, I heard this was a good game, but I don't have a Switch. I think it's one of those games you can literally just mong out to, just literally just go on an island and relax and do nothing. <laughs> literally, sounds, sounds I think good. it's literally you, you, you own your own island, so you literally grow plants and crops and interact with other people and visit their island. And... Sounds like Minecraft. Do you know, it's quite similar, I think. I think it's quite similar. Um, less building, but more like... I don't know, actually. I guess I guess it is. It's pretty similar, I guess. I mean, I've not actually got it, but it looks decent. Very good reviews. I think it's helped a lot of people, again, as a, to like escape, if you know what I mean. It sounds silly, but sometimes you, you, you need that little bit of escape, and I think games like that, they're, they're really immersive. You know, they can help a lot of people. Films that got mentioned. Uh, one was the new Borat. Jesus. That was Clamleth Corvinus again said that his, uh, his film of the year was the new Borat. But you know what? It's not bad. Have you watched it? Uh, no, no. It's not bad. It's not. It's not. It's not as funny as the first because I think the first is hilarious, but it's very political and topical. It's not bad. It's not bad. So yeah, thanks to everyone that replied. Uh, give us some feedback. But the games of the year mix things up a little bit. Tom, you always put me to the test, mate. You always give me a little quiz. I thought it was only fair that I return the favour and uh, quiz you a little. It's time the quiz master gets quizzed. What is the quiz about? So it's one of the old favourite keyword countdowns, mate. So I'm going to give you a bunch of keywords um, and you basically need to tell me what the film is. Now, I will need to know exactly, but if I get what you're trying to say, then... I will give you it. You know, I'll give you it. So I've just got to say the film name, have I? Just a film name, and I'm going to give you a list of uh, six keywords that come from IMDb. And there are there are eight films. Uh, sorry, there are five films, and each each film's got six keywords. And they're from across all the years. They they span yeah they span I'd say 1980s to to now. All right. The first one. Are you ready, mate? Keyword countdown. Yeah. Right, the first keyword is killer dog. Uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. Killer, killer dog. No, no. Next keyword, underground. Underground. Resident Evil, the hive. You fucker. How have you got that so early? I just remember the dog being, like, skinned. Oh, mate, well done. I'm impressed. I did not think you would get that straight away. I'm, I'm shocked. I hope the rest aren't that quick. <laughs> All right. So I've got Killer Dog, Underground, Evil Corporation, Quarantine, Zombie, and Red Holographic Girl. It was Resident Evil 1, mate. Well done. Next film. Young Love. The Notebook. No, 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 no. Twilight. No. Prequel to cult film. Are we talking about Star Wars, are we? Anakin and Padme? <sighs> the Phantom Menace, is it? No, it'll be um, no. Clone Wars, right? Tackle, you tackle fucking clones. hell! Tackle How have you done this? I need to make these harder. <laughs> I need to make these harder, man. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. Fucking hell. Attack of the Clones, Young right. Love, prequel to cult film, Bounty Hunter... Part of trilogy, clones and the force. I can't believe you. All right, okay. All right, fair enough, mate. I'm impressed. All right, hopefully, hopefully this one fucks you up. 
Organised crime. Organised crime. Gangster squad. No, good guess. Next, next clue. Power. Was it Gungrave, Millennium? No. Is it the boys? Vault? No. no. Okay. No. Next, next clue. Gangster. The Godfather. No, good guess though. Good guess. Next clue. Cocaine. So is this like Narcos? El- no, no, no. Oh, okay. Good, good guesses. You're in the right ballpark. Cocaine. Oh, um, American Gangster. No. Next clue. Cuban refugee. I don't know. Have I seen this film? I, I mean, you definitely know of it. You might have seen it. It's, it's one you've definitely heard of. I'll give you the final clue. Grenade launcher. Don't know. Is it Rambo or something? No. <laughs> don't know. Scarface, mate. Oh, I've never seen it. I've no idea. I've never. I don't even know what it's about. You've never seen Scarface? No, I've never seen that one. Mate, it's brilliant. You got to watch Scarface. Say hello to my little friend. So that's the only line I know from that film. And that. Oh, Pacino, you need to it? watch it. Yeah, brilliant film. Brilliant film. Okay, all right. I'm glad you got one wrong. Good for me. <laughs> Next one. Hopelessly outnumbered. Twenty-eight days later, World War Z. No, some good guesses. I'll give you another clue. Give me another clue. Military tactics. Zulu. You fucking dick. Is it? What the hell? How are you getting these so early? Wow, that was good. <laughs> okay. How are you getting these so early? Right. Hopelessly outnumbered. Military tactics. Eighteen seventy-nine. British Army, Tribe, Anglo-Zulu War. How the hell you got that from military tactics and hopelessly outnumbered? <laughs> I have no idea. All right. You're a machine. All right. This could be the shortest quiz in the world, isn't it? How many left? I'm speechless. I'm speechless. Well done, mate. Well done. The final film. The final film. Right. Psychopath. Psychopath. Uh, Dark Knight. You fuck off. Are you kidding me? What the hell? How have we done that straight away? From Psychopath. <clears throat> are you are you kidding me right now? Are you are you spying on my phone or something? No, of course not. That was good. I can't believe that. Oh good, good. I cannot believe that straight away. Oh we should watch Scarface now. Jesus Christ. Well done. <laughs> Well done. The other clues were <laughs> Psychopath, Moral Dilemma, Disfigurement, Criminal Mastermind, Organised Crime, and Clown Masks. Well done, mate. You're, you're, you're the quiz master. What can I say? Cheers for listening. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, well done, mate. Fair play to you. You know your films. Yeah, but I'm annoyed I didn't watch Scarface now. That would have been a good quiz result. How the hell you got bloody Zulu from military tactics? <laughs> and the Dark Knight from Psychopath is just beyond me. So kudos, mate. Is that, kudos. Is that weird quote mind thing I've got? 
and it helps me remember films. Yeah. I'm going to make these harder, aren't I? I'm going to make these much harder. So Scarface uh, and Parasite on my list. Oh, they're both brilliant, mate. They're both brilliant in their own ways. I mean, Scarface is just a brilliant gangster film. Full of quotes. Literally, it's such a good film. It's literally about a scumbag who comes to America to start a new life and he basically becomes like a, a drug tycoon. Basically, his story. I don't think it's a true story, but it's, it's brilliant. Classic cinema. Classic. And Parasite is probably one of my favourite films of all time. It's brilliant. Well, if there's two I could recommend to you then. So, you, obviously, you give me two there. If you watch The Irishman and the other one you should watch is 13 Assassins. 13 Assassins? Yeah. No, no I heard of that. Who's, who's in that? It's uh, an Asian film. So you give me an Asian one, I'll give you an Asian one. So 13 Assassins. <laughs> you watch it within the first 20 minutes, you'll be like, yeah, all right, I'm in. It's subtitles, obviously. 13. but I don't put me at all, mate. That's, I think that's how you know it's a good film, because you start watching it and you forget that you're reading subtitles. Yeah, you do. Uh, keeping up with a the theme, then. Have you seen The Train to Busan? Yeah, yeah. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, that is good. That's a brilliant zombie film, because they get a bit boring sometimes, but that is just brilliant. Oh, fair enough, mate. That's the end of Keyword Countdown. That's the final one of 2020, mate. That's to make it a bit harder next year. So thanks for listening to our 2020 special. Expect to see more from us next year. And we'll see you later.